It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Like you hear me? Give my creation life. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a movie has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me, as always, is my friend, David William Roaches. Hello. Ah, what's happening, Paris? How are you doing? <laughs> ah. um, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm not a reanimated corpse, so that's always that's a, a start. plus. Yeah. And I'm not you know, getting cheated on by my mad scientist boyfriend <laughs> who randomly went to Transylvania and has like a really hot assistant and I don't have a hump on my back and I'm not like some thirsty old lady who used to fuck Grandpa Baron. So, so you're, you know, you're in a good spot. Good. Yeah, yeah, you're doing pretty what about well. You? That's the way to look at it. I'm yeah. also doing pretty well. I mean, part of me wish I was in Transylvania, you know, okay. especially around yeah. this time of year. Um, you know, spooky season, and it's just, mm-hmm. oh, let's let the monsters out for a little bit. They can put them back it. in in November, but for now, I think let them run free. I know. I think October is like my favorite month, honestly. And I think I'm a little biased because I do have a birthday in October. But I feel like I just, even as I've gotten older, like October has become, you know, it's pumpkins, which we know I'm basic. So I love the pumpkin, everything. And then it's spooky. And I don't know, America, you guys like know how to do it. Yeah. It's great. I, I think I might be right there with you. It Ooh. might be more and more. It's like, I really want to get into it. Watch the scary stuff. Yes. Um, Libby's girlfriend, or sorry, Libby's girlfriend. My girlfriend's mom is in town for a couple of days and we started watching the, the House of Usher on Netflix. Oh, yeah. And that's a little bit kind of creepy little... Yeah, so that's we're starting yeah, to get man. into it, but I'm I'm gonna really ramp it up here in the next couple of weeks and like watch a scary yeah. movie once a day. Yeah, I think, I think it, oh, that's great. I had to get up early to watch this because my schedule has been crazy and it was kind of fun. It was like five thirty in the morning. It's dark outside. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I would love. I've spoken to like film dorks before, and they're like, oh, when I was learning movies, I was getting up every day and I was watching like two movies before work. And two I was, like. Yeah, like trying to get through, you know, getting up early. I mean, especially if you do, if you work from home and like realistically, yeah. like We're emails start don't start coming in. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like back to back double feature, yeah. you know, a couple of days a week. That's crazy. But after doing an early morning movie myself this morning, I was like, this is actually very cute. I like. Yeah, and you kind you of know. focus. You're still, yeah. your brain's still waking up, so you're kind cozy, of just sitting in it. Exactly. I <laughs> couldn't do two movies, but I think no, I'll do one. I, I kind of want to watch. I had this idea today of watching like all of the leading actor Academy Award winning movies, like Ooh, from start. Yeah. You know, and then so that. I mean, that, if those movies are even around. Like, yeah, if I can even. What, what do you even do? We even know what the first Academy Award? I bet mean, I can Google it real quick. Yeah. Uh, like, see, the see very who got it. The very first Academy Best Picture. <laughs> I mean, also like, what what do we just have? Like, what number Academy are we up to? I don't know. That's I think like Will, Will Smith ruined them. <laughs> Actually, no. They must be coming up at a hundred because I think the first one was nineteen twenty seven. Oh wow! So we're coming up on a hundred years. Yeah. It seems like. 
Um, so I'm looking. I, I think I'm going to win the 100th, 100th Academy Award for Best That actor. is, oh my God, imagine if your movie comes out in the 99th year and you're like, can we just <laughs> hold it back? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, David, there's no competition. They're all shorts yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. You're like, nah. Let's <laughs> close. Well, you're 101. You're like, this book Fuck sucks. It, yeah. yeah. I can't tell. Wait a second. It says, okay, so it says the first Academy Awards was 1929. Then up here it says they honor the best. Oh, I guess. So they kind of had like two years where it was like, this isn't like an award season. It was like, we're just honoring. Okay. And then it's, you know, like when you're something. trying to hit your stride with like an event or like, mm-hmm. you know, certain film festivals, they had to start somewhere. I bet you the first can was just two French guys with baguettes, like <laughs> screaming on a street corner. Come over yeah. here and watch this movie. <laughs> it's like, nah. <laughs> nah, we're good. Nah, actually fine. Um, okay, wait. So the first Academy Awards, it was 1929 at the Hollywood Roosevelt, which is right by where I live. And the best picture was a movie called Wings, which I'm Googling. So you're going to, this is the first one you're going to watch. Wait, it's is it a best, silent film? Is it best picture or I'm looking for best? Oh, you're looking for best, best actor. actor. Okay, well, yeah. I still think you should watch oh, this. I'll watch it's, that. it's a silent film. We should watch it. About combat pilots in a romantic rivalry over a woman. So 1927 Wings. Uh, I'm does in. It actually that sounds that sounds interesting to me. You think so? Yeah, fighter pilots battling over a woman. Uh, yeah, silent. So it's just a lot of yeah. like fist shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google this. Like, David, we're off topic. What yeah. What is the film we're doing today? We are doing Young Frankenstein, 1974. Um, this is a movie Frankenstein in the title. Young Frankenstein. It's got Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle, Gene Hackman. Um, oh. It was directed by Mel Brooks, and the writing credits go to Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks, and Mary Shelley, who wrote the original Frankenstein when she was 19 years old. Jeez, Overachiever, yeah. Mary Shelley, but shout out to you. She's definitely on one of those lists from the time period where it's like, top 20 under 20 but everyone else was like <laughs> had like 17 kids and she's like i read a book yeah yeah and then she <laughs> dipped out and moved somewhere i don't know where with a guy and eloped she... after her sorry his wife like offed herself so oh. I th- i'm thinking something sketchy there he might have done something to her just so he could marry old mary but she did have that frankenstein money yeah so. yes yes so had you seen this film before? I had not. What? No. And this I'm is why, up. yeah, I really wanted to watch it, like sit down mm-hmm. and actually get into it. Because mm-hmm. as we've talked about on this podcast before, we are very big Mel Brooks fans. Um, yep. I've I love said his it. book. Yeah, his book is fantastic. His audio book is great, too. He narrates it. And I actually re-listened to the Frankenstein chapter in his book ah. today. Yeah, just to get a little refresher course. I'm going to have to get the audio. I'm not a big audio guy. I recommend. I have a podcast. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I hate love, audio. I love. No, but I'm just saying like with a book or like I can listen to like conversational podcasts, but I tried it with some scripts. There's like script softwares that they'll read you the scripts like if mm-hmm. you're driving. And I would find myself just zoning the fuck out. And I'd have to be like, oh, my God, what happened 10 seconds ago? Yeah, but when someone can engage you, mm. right, and, you know, they're maybe they're well, actor or him, the a storyteller. Exactly. So it's yeah. their, It's like you telling your life story, right? Mm-hmm. It's like engaging. So I would look for, if you're interested in it, anybody out there, too, 
if somebody that wrote it narrates it, that's probably a good start because yeah. they're way more engaging. This one I definitely should try, and I've got some travel coming up, so I would love to yeah. check it out. Um, so you had never seen this one before. I actually, because of that same book, which we talked about a lot when I was reading mm-hmm. it, um, I went and watched a bunch of Mel Brooks movies. I mean, we did do Blazing Saddles for the podcast, which was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. <laughs> but I think like maybe the algorithm knew or whatever. And I remember it came up one day, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago, right? When I was reading the book and I just... I made Scott watch it. In fact, when I was watching it and he came out to get coffee, he was like, I thought you guys already did this one. And I was like, no, we've never done it before. And he's like, then why did we watch it? Why did you make <laughs> He thought I was making him rewatch it for the podcast. Yeah. But I just like put it on and he was there. So yeah. Um, nice. Okay. Well, whose turn is it to do the synopsis? I think is it's it your turn? turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is basically kind of a homage to the Frankenstein story. Um, Gene Wilder is a sort of kooky brain professor and uh he goes by dr frankenstein i think that's how he says it and basically yeah he finds out that like his great grandfather his grandfather died and left him this castle or some shit and he has to go to transylvania it's a really short train ride to get there apparently i did not know (laughs) straight from new york new york to (laughs) europe by train i'm actually not that's not I think there's like well-documented cases of people trying like back in the day before they didn't know any better where they tried to like drive over the North Pole and like yeah. they all died. You know, it was a <laughs> great situation. North. Yeah. yeah. It's only Google Maps is like giving you the straight <laughs> shot. You're like, all right. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So he goes to the castle. He has an assistant. He has a humpback guy. And he basically <laughs> re does what his grandfather did. He creates this, you know, like corpse that can walk and talk, a Franken, uh, a monster. And instead of like kind of going in the direction that you think it's going to go, there's a lot of like silly situations. Like he teaches them to tap dance and then they do some kind of science experiment to share brains. And then he ends up with his assistant, his ex-fiance ends up with the monster. Life is good. Yeah, I mean, there's a little, you know, there's some bumps on the, on the road, like the fiance cheating on him with the monster and him cheating on her with the assistant. And then, you know, like there's the villagers that want to come for them. Um, But that's really kind of like a backstory. I don't know. It's really more about the relationship between the two people, the monster and the creator. Yep. Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. uh, Peter Boyle was in um, that Raymond show, right? Oh yeah, he was the dad, the the yeah. grandpa. Yeah. Uh, everybody hates. No, that's not everybody hates. No, Raymond. everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. I was thinking everybody hates Chris. Everybody yeah. loves Raymond. Everybody hates Chris, and Peter Boyle yep. is the monster. Yeah. Yeah, and then was it Herr Falkstein was like the kind of go go gadget guy whose arm could fall off? Is that the character that I'm thinking of? Um, I think was it that's Inspector, Inspector Kemp. Kemp. Yeah, Inspector who Kemp. like lighting his cigar and like doing yeah. the thing. Kenneth with the Mars. Yeah. He was fucking hilarious yeah so funny and he would like he would say something really jumbled and everybody would be looking at each other all confused <laughs> like what <laughs> and then he'd re-say it and be like oh, oh okay it was just i mean with all millbrook's films it's the physical comedy for me like yeah. if you are looking down at your phone while this movie is playing you're gonna miss like so many sight gags yeah um, but it's you can really tell that like he'd kind of hit his stride, Mel Brooks, with this one a little bit because it, I will say it did feel like a tight 
movie, but I don't know if I laughed out loud as much spontaneously. Same. So I got a little background on okay, that. And so I'm glad I, glad I re-listened to that chapter. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, he wanted this to be 50% laugh and 50% story, right? So he wanted to pull back a little bit on that. He even got into a fight with gene wilder about the that tap dancing with Mm. the monster and dr frederick frankenstein so gene wilder wanted that scene in it and he's like no this shows like how great the monster is and can be and mel brooks was saying no this is going to be way too silly it's going to cut away Mm -hmm. from the story it's going to totally take it out so that's like the one fight they had while on set for this Mm. and gene was like just let me shoot the scene or you shoot this once test it and we'll see what happens they tested it in a little audience and everybody was laughing hysterically and so mel brooks was like that's like the most humble pie i've ever had to eat so that almost that scene wasn't almost in and i was geeking out because every time peter boyle like goes like to say his lines and he just yeah (laughs) i was laughing so so hard so stupid i I did laugh a lot they panned over at one point and igor igor was on the piano but like yeah very mozart with like a silly hair that was flopping that scene was so silly and fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, um, yeah, Mel Brooks, he wanted this to be a little more like people going away from it. And it's like, oh, like I had a couple like stupid laughs. It's like yeah. he wanted some feeling into it as well, which I, which felt I think, came across. Totally. And I do think that he achieved it. But I'm. it's interesting because when I think Mel Brooks movies, I think like giggling hysterically the whole way through kind of like really over the top jokes like, you know, space balls and blazing saddles, flaming saddles. I always blazing. forget there's a blazing, blazing okay. Flaming yeah. Saddles was the gay bar down the road. That was, which is sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like just a different tone from him. Also the fact that it's black and white, you know, that's, yeah, which they that pushed hard for deliberate choice. They ended up going um, to Fox instead. Oh, right. uh, I'm not sure who initially they brought it to, but um, yeah, they went over to Fox. They were like, yeah, here's 2.4 mil on the budget yeah go ahead do it in black and white we agree but maybe like um to the point of the story maybe because gene wilder was also you know a writer on this mm. that you know that collaboration they, different tone yeah yeah i mean that's so interesting though that they it's it's funny like when you read mel brooks's book he definitely struggled early on like in his childhood and stuff like that but the start of his career just kind of snowballs for him like you know he did go like sort of one thing after the other and i think people at the time when this movie came out which was like the 70s i think they were really willing to bet on him because he kept having these kind of like successful Mm -hmm. things i know they weren't without their challenges but i'm just trying to imagine a world in which like now a director is like a a comedy director is like hey so my next movie is gonna be black and white (laughs) yeah and you know it's gonna be totally different vibe and a studio is like yeah sure like his money so i mean obviously we weren't around too much or at all this was 74 this came out after blazing saddles but i wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you about that because i was thinking about that do you think there's going to be a period there's ebbs and flows of everything things you know fashion comes in goes away comes back do you think we're going to have comedy come back in a way where it is going to have a big box office pull yeah and you know people are going to want to laugh more and go relax and totally that's what it is it's the political climate too i think right like i mean i think 
I mean, we've been doing this for so long now and we've seen all the different, you know, ebbs and flows. Like the early 2000s comedy was so big. Think about mm-hmm. all the movies like Knocked Up and like the ones yeah. we've talked about. That was such a a moment, but that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think, I think it, like everything art is so like serious, silly, serious, silly. And so I think we're coming back to like a pendulum swing of comedy. And I say that based off of like the success of Bottoms, which came out sort of mm-hmm. recently theater camp which was kind of like a quirky little comedy i mean barbie what you know had a lot of um st- substance to it as well but that was like a very silly fun movie yeah. and look how much money that took mm-hmm. you know it's just the the proof is in the money i think and i think i mean i can't speak for everyone but like my anxiety day to day is so high that i'm reaching for like the office and parks and recreation i you know you're watching this horrifying show that i keep saying <laughs> but it's also because like in the space of like Halloween, it feels safe. I just don't yeah. know if people can handle like dark shit all the time. Yeah. So this was long, long answer, short answer. Yes. I think comedy yes. is ready for a resurgence. Yeah. And I suggest anybody that hasn't seen that, that's listening to this. Yeah. Go watch this movie. Cause it is pretty funny. And just the history of Frankenstein, how these stories just come about. Mm. I was Frankenstein for Halloween once when I was a little kid, mm. you know, the impact that this 19 year old, writer had on the world and film and you know writing it's wild that somebody can just come up with a concept and a story and we're talking about it years and years later it's kind of you wouldn't want to be like the other girl in her writing group you know (laughs) (laughs) like like mary shelley comes up with this like insane idea that just like explodes and she's like did she come up with that you know i think that would be a funny show (laughs) right yeah. like from her in the perspective sh- Ooh, like, in the shadow of shelly yeah no one's still Ooh, my idea. there you go yeah tm um and then she's just going about she's got a horror like a yeah. scary story or but maybe like- she's more of a jane austen writer and everyone's like no <laughs> fuck that shit she's like it's literally been so popular yeah. <laughs> like did you hear about this crazy girl yeah. thing? yeah i know mary she's in my class yeah yeah she's my- <laughs> yeah we're in the same writing group there's only yeah. two women they led into the whole school and i'm the other one so because it's what's the 1900s or whatever yeah so, yeah oh, that's good but yeah um, i don't know i just uh I think no it's fascinating movie, to think of yeah, it, it was great. i mean this is like it's not it's not scary movie obviously because scary movie is so intentional about the way it takes the piss out of stuff but it it is very much a satire of like you know and there was just so many things that they ripped off and then one trivia i read was that the actual guy who did here i have to make sure i don't fuck this up but like basically one of the set decorators who was uncredited in the first one um mel brooks like found out he was still alive yeah. When Mel Brooks was preparing for the film, he discovered that Ken Strickfaden, who'd made the elaborate electrical machinery for the lab sequence in the Universal Frankenstein films, was still alive and living in L.A. So he went to visit him and he had stored all of the, the stuff set, from the, the original pieces. movie. Yeah. So he actually got to use it. So that's where I'm like, it is like obviously kind of a building on of the story. But the fact that they incorporated so many real things, it's yeah, yeah. just really fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. yeah to and to be an actor and play around with all that stuff mm-hmm. and you know it is frankenstein but yeah to come alive in that yeah, it's got to be great yeah they found a bunch of stuff or he had it in a bunch of stuff in like a garage in santa monica 
Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a cool conversation. <laughs> like your gr- your grandpa's like moving into assisted living, and you're like, can you go over to grandpa's house and help him clean out his house? And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what is this? Looks shit? like some sort of torture machine. Yeah. What was grandpa into? Yeah, for oh real. Oh my god. There was a lot of ad libbing. It seemed like when I was reading about the trivia. I think we've you know he talks about it a lot in his book. But Mel Brooks was such a fan of like people cracking up on set. You know, kind of like SNL when people break. Mm-hmm. And I think he really gave a lot of people the opportunity to kind of like riff off of what was written. And I really like that because I think a lot of writers and directors get so precious about mm-hmm. like what's on the page. But it seemed like he was always like, if you have a better idea or an alt line, like try it. Yeah. In his book, he says, you got to do what's on the page and then you can go off of that, right? Or make it, yeah, he says, what's on the page is there for a reason and then make it your own after Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, that's interesting. He also talks about on this set, he, people were laughing and they'd have to retake it. I wonder like Mm -hmm. now somebody laughs, you can probably cut that, that part of that sound out. It's probably harder on film. Um, But he got a bunch of handkerchiefs for everybody. And he said, at one point I watched like, we were watching a scene or doing a scene. He turns around. Everybody is as a sea of like handkerchiefs in people's mouths because they oh wanted a break. God. And he was the only one that didn't have one. And he's like, um, you know, kicking himself because he's about to laugh. It's at the dinner scene when Gene oh, uh, Wilder's like, smack. he's like, you haven't touched your food. And he turns and he starts smashing the food with his hands. He's like, I touched yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my that- God. That's <laughs> such a good bit of physical comedy. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And he's he, he made it through that scene, but then he busted out laughing. So oh it must God. have been just interesting. Yeah. Being on like a, a I think set about, like, like this with so I think you many should funny leave people. that show yeah. and how ridiculous it is. And our friend Marcus was the DP on it that was on one of our episodes. And I always think about it because I'm like, I would just lose <laughs> it. I'd be kicked off set immediately, I think. Yeah. There's a, a part where, okay, so his fiance comes back, right? Uh, Madeline Kahn, who was the the woman in blazing saddles That's like the right. main love interest I I recognized yeah. Her, yeah so i love she, that he always worked with like the same people same over people. and over again yeah. yeah the editor as well he mm. he's really high on the editor of this movie and he worked with him a ton because they would cut everything together like it wasn't the editor would cut and then he'd be like yes no everything mm-hmm. that was cut was like between the two of them but so madeline khan shows up unannounced um gene wilder and is it cloris leachman no, sorry, mm-hmm. Terry Gar. They're up their first time they messed around with each other, right? And they're <laughs> Igor is like bringing her uh, Madeline to the to the front door, and he starts chomping on her like yeah. little fur, her, her fur thing. scarf. That's so yeah, weird. and Gene Wilder is like laughing because. <laughs> For some reason, they just made a joke about like too many women. Like, can you handle this, Igor? And they laugh, and then he starts chewing on that fox thing, and then you can see like Gene Wilder like turn his head a little bit, like he's about to break, oh and he like god. fights his way through it. But yeah, I like rewound that a couple times. Oh my god, that's so funny. Marty Feldman is just, I just there's just so many names on this list of these mm-hmm. actors that like, honestly, if you went to the average person on the street and said, you know, Cloris Leachman. Like, I don't think people would know, you know, yeah. maybe some, maybe some big film dogs, if obviously like Peter Boyle and Marty Feldman, but I don't think my, you know, the average person, my dad wouldn't know who these people are. Maybe. Like yeah. Him. She looks familiar though. Like now. 
Um, oh yeah, I feel like she's been in stuff. I'm looking at her yeah. IMDb. Her last and, credit was "Don't for, Do Not Forget." She's in she's in the Crudes, one of the voices. I don't know. I, it's funny because when you look on IMDb, it just has them in order, and then you'll scroll down. And it was like, oh, she was in 400 episodes of you know, <laughs> insert like iconic yeah. show. Like, oh, she was in Raising Hope, 83 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. she's she was working forever. Yeah, uh, great Gam Gam. She was in Beer Fest. Yeah. Scary Movie Four. That's yeah, why she she's looks in so a ton familiar. of stuff. Fam- uh, family Guy episode um but yeah this this movie i thought was hilarious and um another interesting fact like just interconnected hollywood um gene wilder's agent like called um mel brooks and was like hey or sorry gene wilder's like hey do you got anything for peter boyle and marty uh feldman and he's like oh shit yeah why that i definitely have something for them why he's like yeah i rep them as well Oh, so shit. yeah yeah so it kind of all came together through mm-hmm. the manager and he was like yeah i would love to have both of them do this that's insane. yeah especially like with marty feldman's eyes because that's, oh. <laughs> that's that's his eyes for real oh shit yeah that's crazy. Uh, mel brooks makes a joke in his book he's like the only way um if you don't want him to see you i would touch my nose to his nose so i <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't tell where i was at <laughs> god that's yeah. so funny i mean okay so we haven't really talked about like any of the you know big things that we always talk about yeah, but it's yeah. i think it's kind of harder with these 70s movies i have one because you had one okay go ahead that's probably no you people. had i wonder if well yes no black people because um, in in, in blazing saddles at least like the one guy is there yeah that- but um i mean that movie came out before this in mel brooks wanted to talk about race in that movie mm-hmm. specifically right mm-hmm. so i definitely uh big shout out for that to like push that conversation forward but in this yeah it's a it's a little bit different there was one scene right where the monster yeah that was a bit rape and i was like where is this going and then she starts singing the song and then later yeah and then she's like oh okay and then she's you know then they show her feeling him like oh how about number lucky number seven let's do it one more time and don't tell anybody i flagged that also because it was like kind of pushing the narrative of like no really means yes like she liked it mm-hmm. and that is bad and yes, creepy yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a there was a few things i mean if we're speaking about relations the fact that um but dr frankenstein was sleeping with his assistant which mm-hmm. is like a power imbalance. power dynamic yeah um just like yeah the women in this one and then the frau like how gross she's here. Like they really mean about her. You well, know? Uh, I think her last name or something about her name means glue. So that's why the horses oh, kept name. reacting every time they said her name, which yeah. I didn't, I had no idea until no. I re-listened to right. the chapter, but it was kind of a funny joke the few times. Oh yeah. No, but it's, but it's also just like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, the monster has more swag than this woman who yeah. is also a huge, like alive. Yeah. Like they make it seem like the monster. I don't know. It's just like that misogyny. Even like Igor was like, thought he had a chance with the girlfriend. <laughs> but then this like 40 year old woman is hideous. Idiot. Like put yeah, her in a tower. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> you know? Get her But no, no. Here. This guy with the hump or the monster that just got reanimated from body parts. Yeah. He can get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's valid. For sure. That's a bit, yeah. And then just, yeah, the, the lack of diversity. 
Um, and I mean, kind of the theme of it all, like the othering of this, this creature that was misunderstood and how like man's first instinct is to just kill it. You yeah. Know, just destroy. So anything we don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Smash it with clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Bash his head in. Yeah. Burn it. Burn it with fuck? fire. Oh, and then when he could speak, they're like, oh, sorry about the misunderstanding. Yeah. Do you want to, what do you say? Like, you want to come over for crumpets yeah. or whatever? Wait, yeah. so you hated him because he spoke a different language? <laughs> yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Because he is super He's not from around here? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. That's what we do to people that aren't from around here. But yeah. Now he's got, he got a brain job. <laughs> now we can hang out with now him. he lives in park avenue with yeah. his you know rich wife reading the paper in bed yeah and i He's think got a zipper for a neck but that's that okay. was that was funny i kind of noticed that towards the end i didn't catch it right away yeah that was a little a new because i think for the original one is like it's sewed on or yeah something, so <laughs> it's like the updated version but this is i don't know velcro one that'd yeah. be good like this stuff still is funny to me. It's like, have I really not changed since high school when I first saw like Spaceballs, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. really haven't. Like this comedy is still hits me. Yeah. Which yeah, it's it's pretty it's cool. So amusing. I mean, it's just his tone of voice. I think none of us necessarily realized growing up how influential like certain dudes were. Mel Brooks is one of them, mm-hmm. I reckon. Um, the guys behind Airplane. You know that yeah. movie was so quotable. It's just like. I don't know. It's funny when you watch these movies and you can just tell from the tone, you know, even before you saw the same five actors that Mel Brooks works with. I think it's just like even the silliness of like the writing comes through. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, not a super problematic no. movie, but no. which is always funny when it's like an older one from the seventies. I don't know. And there's, you, yeah. That, so it's again, though, it can, it can be done and it was yeah. done. But mm-hmm. the rest of the industry, at times, the majority of the industry was really problematic or just yeah. decided to, you know, go one direction and be like, nah, no minorities here. We don't do that yeah. over here. No, they literally do not exist yeah. in this town. Yeah. There's not even anyone that has like any sort of anything. There's no flavor there. <laughs> I mean, and by the way, where is Transylvania? Like, I feel like people are like not is straight it Rom- white. Is it Romania? Yeah. Yeah. So, and also I did love how they were all speaking with British accents. <laughs> Everyone speaks English in British accents here in Transylvania, yeah. fake Transylvania. The difference is he's American. Um, back to an earlier conversation, I did find out who the very first Academy Award winner was Ooh. for Best Actor. Who's that? Um, a guy named Emil Jennings. Um and there's two movies, but they've got the 1928 one listed first. So that may be just a typo, but The Way of the Flesh was what he was in. So I guess that's the first movie you'll be Interesting. watching. Interesting. Although he won. Or maybe that's what it is. Maybe he won them two years in a row. The Way of the Flesh. I'll tell you what it's about. I'm sure you're so stoked because it sounds very calm. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the story, 1900s, a bank clerk in Milwaukee. Holy shit. Oh, who is born with both his job and his family. When the bank officials tell him to transport $1,000 in securities to Chicago. He meets a blunt seductress on the train who sees what he's carrying, uh, steals from him, and that's how it starts. It, he has to transport $1,000, which I'm sure in 1927 was a bit of Some cash. Money. Some cash, yeah. <laughs> so during the Great Depression. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. man. I, I will watch that, especially yeah. in 
from Milwaukee I'll watch it. Fuck to it. hometown. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I just think it'd be interesting to see yeah, it for sure. progress. And also to see how. Do you mean from an acting standpoint? Yeah, from an acting standpoint, because there's like all these lead men, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm a leading man, huh? <laughs> as Frankenstein would say. But to see just how the acting styles changed over time, like couple times we watched the movies from the 50s and i was like mm-hmm. they're pushing but that was the style back yeah, i feel then. like it was so much more theatrical when yeah. it started out and then there's movies some years that you know when we really got into this high school whatever and you really started watching the academy and you disagree with who won mm-hmm. that year right so there's those years where like another actor you're like no they should have got that gwyneth, gwyneth paltrow won for shakespeare in love over I think it was Kate Blanchett for um, Elizabeth, like the fucked up Elizabeth yeah. from the 90s. Sounds I think people in Australia were very upset. upset. Yeah. So you have those years. That's just, it interests me to the see. The La La Land yeah. moon, moonlight debacle. Remember yeah. when they t- said the, <laughs> the wrong, wrong name? name? Oh my God. <laughs> I saw a tweet about that the other day that was like, do you think the guy that handed over the wrong envelope lies awake at night <laughs> thinking about it every day? Because I would. Yeah. Oh my god! You that, like you had one bad. job. That was really bad. He's a beet farmer now. He lives in Iowa. <laughs> does beets because he with, can't. With Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Oh yep. my god. Yeah, that's but, uh, that was that sucked. But I again, I didn't really like La La Land, so I don't think it should have won in the first place. So people that were mad, anyways. But that's why you know you can win, disagree. Right, yeah, it Moonlight didn't. It didn't win. Now. It okay. won for a second. <laughs> and they're like Wait, that guy that guy is the best and worst day of his life yeah. in like a one second oh my god though can you matt oh i feel bad for those people though because you worked yeah. so hard to get this thing done of course. it was a success and you're like oh man tonight's the night dress up have a couple drinks go out your name gets called best picture biggest award end of the night and then you're up there about to talk like talking your speech and then you get a tap on the shoulder <laughs> hold on actually you lost yeah and imagine how confusing that would be in that moment because your adrenaline's going crazy and it's really loud i'm sure the light's super bright mm-hmm. you're so disoriented this guy's like tapping you on the shoulder the... holy shit I... but you know what off. though that i feel like you get free drinks for life you know you <laughs> go to like a company <laughs> retreat and it's like who's got an embarrassing story uh, you know you're sharing I got this guy's one. like <laughs> I, I have one. <laughs> Some other guy's like waiting to tell you about how he shit his pants in a mole. Yeah. And this guy's like, actually. <laughs> I think it's funnier too. Well, that that is funny. But also like him at the back corner of a bar, full beard, mm-hmm. long hair, la la land. Like whatever year it was, oh <laughs> seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's the war story. Oh my God. <laughs> Wrong envelope. That was yeah. me. <laughs> me and my buddies were on the stage. <laughs> This guy, this accountant comes over, taps me on the shoulder. Oh my god! Just can we just have a normal award ceremony? Like you know, we've had slaps, we've had. It's not a good look for the industry either, right? Mm -hmm. When these things happen, it should just like Mm -hmm. you know we're out here not nominating people of color. We're not nominating enough women. They've been under scrutiny for a really long time, and it's some of it's glaring, where it's Mm -hmm. like. I think what the problem is, is it's, it's hard to be subjective about art, you know, like it's not, 
a one plus one problem. It's, I mean, sorry, I've said it's hard to be subjective. I mean, objective, like everything mm-hmm. is so subjective. So, yeah. you know, it's disappointing when you see stuff that's nominated that you're like, mm, that was okay. But we don't know what like people are responding to because if you're, you know, a born and raised like wealthy person, you're going to reflect, you know, you're going to feel more connected to the story that like mm-hmm. tells you. And if you're an immigrant, you're going to, you know, be so it's, um, it's, Interesting. There's also the human aspect of it, which is I th- I think people fall prey to this. It's like, oh my God, Paris and Scott and Libby all love this movie, mm-hmm. and they're raving. No, this is the best movie of the year. And then David's got a vote now too. And I'm like, uh, is it? Oh my God, can't you believe? Blah blah. blah. It's this this this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I guess this is pretty good. So I mm-hmm. I guarantee there's some of that stuff happening. Oh, for sure. With the people that vote in the academy, and then and I think. You know, I think people also, they kind of joke about it being political. I think that it is political too. Like I remember at Cannes one year, I used to do events and I was helping host the HFPA, which is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that does the Golden Globes. And uh, I was like, I used to work events. I used to work at the door. And my boss at the time was like, this is going to be a pretty star studded event, which was so strange to me because usually, you know, we would do these events for movies specifically and you would know who was going to be in it. But this was just kind of like an open invite to certain actors and whatever. And she was like, no, they come because, you know, there's certain like members that they might meet and sort of glad handle. And then like it gets, you know, it's like then when someone's watching the movie, like, oh, she was so nice. Like, you know, she. And so there's also that part of it where. It's the connections. I mean, isn't um, wasn't there a sort of a thing about that this last time, Angela? There was what was uh, Les- the movie To Leslie, I think it was mm-hmm. called. Yeah, and Lead out of nowhere, she she got nominated. Still haven't seen the movie. Want to? I'm sure she crushed it. She's a fantastic no, she, actor. She's an amazing actor. But, but it's it's also like she went through a different channel. Like she obviously knew a lot of people, and maybe like respected members of the Academy knew her, and then she was like, "Hey, I'm in this thing." And then mm-hmm. people were getting pissy, but it, like it's all a marketing campaign. Whether you're calling your friends and being like, "Have you seen my film yet?" But same, okay, same. I think this might have been the same year, though, right? Um, the guy who got nominated for After Sun, uh, Paul Mescal. Yeah, Paul's Me- Paul Mescal. Like we had no, we saw that movie. We had mm-hmm. no issue with him being nominated, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, and that was probably same. Probably had the same theater run. And same amount of eyes on it. And it, he got nominated yeah. for it. And we're like, yeah, he crushed that. Like, people should watch that movie. But maybe that was so. because we personally had seen that movie. Like, yeah, I but wonder I'm, if I'm other wondering. people. Yeah. But I just, they came out, we, we didn't hear really about. No, they were there, indie There wasn't any sure. negative stories about him being nominated. Just her right. being nominated. Yeah. That's true. But maybe because he had more of a team. I think he was... Uh, you know there was a lot of heat on him for other reasons i don't know but it's it is true you're right she got a lot of that and he was also kind of unknown but it's it was interesting this past year anyway with like um that other film from ireland uh what's it called with the finger and colin farrell it's the banshee of inner sharon okay i mean okay so uh riley keogh his his name was the young actor that was nominated or barry keogh so sorry and Again, like kind of an indie film, certainly like, you know, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are big name actors, but not American. It was Mm -hmm. just really interesting to see 
what was nominated last year and will be interesting to see what is nominated this year because we have like Barbie and we have like yeah. you know Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer two very too. different yeah, films way different very different it's so. yeah that is super interesting um and then there's I, this new movie coming out called Saltburn which has a lot of smoke on it right now okay. people are saying it's really funny nice. so that could be like the everything everywhere all at once type you know oh dark yeah come, come in at the end and snatch mm-hmm. everything up yeah it's uh it's that's we can love it hate it but that's a good thing about you know just being human there's there's flaws to it and you know you never know what's going to happen each year i know matthew mcconaughey said like he thinks he won uh for dallas buyers club because true detective was on everybody's tv for eight weeks straight right and he was yeah, like top of mind. And everybody's mind living room. And... Exactly. Yeah. He said it. He said that. Yeah. Obviously, he crushed the role. I thought he should have won anyways compared oh, to everybody great. else. But he was saying that that definitely helped. But it's also, I mean, you're an actor. Like, if you see two performers, if you had to judge like an acting Olympics from your class, you know, obviously there's people that do a better job oh, yeah. than yeah. some. Maybe, you know, they've studied the craft longer or whatever. But if you have two objectively great actors doing monologues side by side, like, to choose a winner is, you know, that becomes very much like a, what you connect with, you yeah. know? Yeah. This, so this cup, this be, one line that this person delivered spoke to exactly. me more than, than just edge them out just a little bit. Yeah. 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 And that's, what's fascinating to me about like the Academy acting awards, because there are some amazing actors out there working right now. And, you know, it's just maybe hard to know <laughs> which one's which, like of all the movies come out every year. Yeah. So you know they're all artists essentially i mean sometimes it's funny sometimes i watch these old movies and i'm like that guy was not that great of an actor <laughs> like some yeah. of the line deliveries <laughs> i mean gene hackman won an oscar in like 71 i think and then he did this movie oh, wow. in 74 and he just wow. wanted a small comedic part small. he played a blind yeah. guy <laughs> Oh my god! I was thinking of Danny Goldman as well. I, I was looking up this actor. He played the medical student at the start, who oh, was like okay. really obnoxious. Yeah, and was yeah. like, isn't it true that your grandfather something something? <laughs> he actually had a bunch of lines. Yeah. Um, it's funny to me that they didn't give him a name. They just called him medical student. But I thought he was so funny. And then I was watching like the extras acting, and it was the most. Actually, there was some diversity in the lab. In the, I will okay. say, yeah. for one second. Um, so props but yeah some of the acting it's just yeah it's a little those one-liners like the family in the village you're like okay yeah how we act now (laughs) the when the mob comes for you um i also liked he said it uh mel brooks was talking about the walk this way bit Mm. and i think that that was pretty funny when they get off the train and igor is like walk this way and he's like huh and he's like no walk walk this way and he hands him the cane <laughs> the tiny little it. cane yeah yeah and he like hunches over a little bit they came in with some good jokes at the beginning yeah. like i really liked the couple like arguing on the train and then the couple arguing on the train in transylvanian and no subtitles <laughs> um just like the, and then the roll in the hay yeah that was he really did take us through the motions though of like feeling sad feeling happy feeling mm-hmm. scared so good, oh good halloween I, choice yeah and i just uh, i love comedy and it's the best yeah when just phenomenal career like i wish i could meet mel brooks because Mm. brought so much laughter to so many people over time and to be able to do that 
over the course of your life just to totally. basically have fun for your job make people laugh you laugh what's funnier what's funnier let's do this let's do that that's uh, my dream great career exactly make... yeah so much fun to share that especially in these dark times as we were saying mm-hmm. as you get ready to watch all horror movies for the next many weeks <laughs> yeah but i mean that's that's a little different um i don't like any kind of reality show it's like murder case 58 Mm. let's go back and this happened and let's reenact Mm. i don't like any of that stuff but if you take if you take some like creepy guy who was killing people in the 20s and you make a series about it i'll watch that because i can kind of remove you know it's to me i can say like okay it's a safe it's a safe feeling exactly it's based off something i'm gonna get creeped out i'm gonna say that's fucked up but i can go to sleep meanwhile i had to pause the witcher (laughs) episode i was watching because i was so scared (laughs) and scott was in oregon and i was like there was like there was like the most stupid fantasy thing yes the first episode of season two okay wow look at me and there was like there was like a lady peering out of the corner and I was like, I'm I'm so good. <laughs> I think it was like ten minutes in. I was like, I was trying to rewatch I t- I totally haven't seen season two or three and yeah. it's a fun I like fantasy, but I was like I actually went and Googled spoilers and I was like, I could probably handle this, but then it was like late. So I was like, now wait till Scott gets back from yeah. Oregon. Such oh, a God. wuss. Libby watched that when we were on our trip and I was like, You're gonna hate this, but her cousin re- cousin recommended it and she kept watching it and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's because he's so hot. I'm gonna tell you right now. I can, <laughs> the I main actor yeah. is he's Jack, fucking babe. Yeah. So yeah. even as I'm watching this half man, half goat, and a creepy little <laughs> white faced girl staring out of a corner, and some witch that's like turned into an eel, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm in <laughs> Definitely. this. I'm in this with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going in the pond. He's taking his yeah. shirt off. Yeah. Oh, oh my. Oh, oh. oh, there's a monster in there. Okay, excellent. Good to know. Oh, he's got to take off his pants now. Oh, oh shit. See how, see how <laughs> My favorite show are. on TV. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. I'm wow. This is a really great show. Good job, Netflix. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and then there's like the two thumbs up where it's you really like yeah, it on Netflix. Yeah. Just tap I really, that shit. Really like really. it. No, Netflix. I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but not me. The creepy goat and the scary girl was too much. Um, but this was a great movie. It wasn't scary. Mm-hmm. It's a silly Halloween one. You should definitely watch it because it's for fun. Yeah. We like it. And yeah, we love Mel Brooks. So, David, anything else that comes to mind? Not really. I just, uh, I'm happy, you know, October's here. And I'm happy that you were born, my friend. I know you got oh, a birthday thanks. coming up, so I love you. I respect 21. you and appreciate you. Yeah, big 21. Oh, um, you decided and, to go to Denver when I'm having my party. Yeah, so. see, I booked it before you Dude. had the weekend. But you are gonna, we are going to hang out after my birthday and go to a hilarious show that will make us yes, very happy. Yes, there we go. We're, we're, so we got so something it's on okay. the books. Yeah, I'll have a giggle. Some, some FaceTime. It, it won't be like this. It'll be different comedy comedy's changed a lot since 1970 yeah. i'm sure it will be it's, a lot of like absurd existential millennial weird. bullshit where it's like ah, nothing <laughs> matters <laughs> and we're like oh my god it's so true oh my god i don't wow. know what i'm watching but i get it <laughs> i don't understand I it but i get it, it. My soul. Yeah. i'm go. laughing but i'm crying <laughs> on the inside because the world is bleak as fuck yes. <laughs> and now the dishwasher's talking that's great i like that anyway uh, yeah. No, we should. So we are still. I think we haven't done Robin Hood, 
and yeah, we, got we a haven't done more the producers. Mm. Oh my god, and we haven't done the history of the world um, part one. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few, but um, yeah, he's a gem. What a gem! I yeah. feel like I feel like I want to do Mel Brooks. Like I want to do his you know, from start to finish and, and see it like a series and be like, where is his like change? I like you that. Know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he just he had so a, much. I know. That I'm just saying just like, there's so much working. you can do. Like just, you got this guy, expansive oh, career, yeah. super talented. And then, you know, we're going down a rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, this guy worked on this. Gene Wilder and you see or him, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can kind of just jump in that world and watch everything that they ever yeah. did and it's amazing that things even get made like i'm at the pointy end of a show i worked on and i went to a color session today actually which was <laughs> very interesting i've never sat in a full color session especially for a tv show and i was like i don't know how anything gets made like it's just so time consuming and everything yeah. is everything and there's paperwork and there's people and there's sound and there's this and like and then we watch this like hour 45 minute movie and we just like rip it to shreds. And then we're like, okay, bye. This, you know, we always say like, this was years of people's lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, uh, and thank God, this like this the... one meant something to people though. Imagine yeah. working on a movie and like it's on Netflix for like two weeks and they're like, nah, fuck that. And they dump it's, it. Speaking of Colin Farrell, I just was reading a little blurb from an interview that he had. He's like, I almost lost it when he did Alexander. Cause it just did, mm, he did not do well. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I did, so I don't try to worry about that after it's done anymore or like put so much value into yeah. like other people not appreciating it, like it or whatever. He's like, that almost wrecked me. But I, and I can see that, you know? Yeah. A it's lead. like, you just, you got to enjoy the thing that you're doing. And if he enjoys acting, but mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously hard not to be swept up in like, the fame or the the yeah. awards we're talking about or you know if people like it and especially in today's society we have so much instant gratification with like social media and so you can see if people are commenting and whatever like mel brooks didn't know what people were thinking probably until he went and you know yeah. got a paper or sat in the theater and listened afterwards mm-hmm. so i feel for him but yeah i think if you're trying to do something and you're not enjoying it day to day like that's not the right thing you know you can't yeah. do it for the money and for the the whatever fame for sure so yeah i think being on set is really fun though i just maybe i'd get over it but maybe as the writer type i'm like oh well i get to go to set you know yeah just... i don't usually want the writers there I, I just feel like when you're acting or if you actually have like a job like lighting or camera department like you've always got something to do um yeah when i was a producer's assistant i felt like i was just sitting around doing nothing and then now i'm trying to write and i'm like i'll also be sitting down and doing nothing because my part will be done so yeah yeah but still like you said hanging out give me a box to carry like give me give me something to plug in yeah please i can't sit here i don't want to do it sure they'd appreciate that too though you're like who anyone need a coffee i'll go get the coffee so i'll be a see that's i mean that's how you make friends, though, too. People are like, oh, fucking Paris. That's the writer? She, Yeah, she just went and got me coffee. Like, wow, she's so yeah. nice. And I'm like, I just literally can't sit here. I can't stand still. I, <laughs> I hate when someone's, like, cleaning the house. And then you're like, should I start cleaning the house? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I've seen um, it. But yes, anyway, so it's time to give some... We, as we said, it takes a village mm-hmm. to make these things happen. Let's do a shout out to someone in the cast or crew. David, you go first. Yeah, I went with the editor on this one after, nice. you know, Mel Brooks 
putting him in such high praise, uh, John C. Howard. So he actually um, was the editor for Blazing Saddles, and he had just, he in 69, I think he did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So he kind of had that Western vibe going already before they did Blazing Saddles and then History of the World Part 1, um, obviously this movie, but he's got like around 20 credits. The last was in 83 as an editor. Um but it's like he had some some major movies and it's high in, high anxiety he did as well. But like to be able to have that relationship with somebody and to be able to work continuously and put these things together, like you said, that people value and people can appreciate like Young Frankenstein. I think it's pretty cool. So he had a really good career. And John C. Howard, we see you and we appreciate you see you and we appreciate you all right i went makeup department um edwin butterworth i think makeup in a black and white film is probably tricky to do because you have to like kind of do different stuff and Mm -hmm. also like with the with the monster and with everybody um igor igor you know there was a lot of fun stuff that they were doing the guy with the eye patch the inspector like you know and just yeah making sure it looks good under the lights because you can't see it with your eye what it's going to look like in black and white so you'd have to be like watching the monitors and just Mm -hmm. you know very talent um so edwin's last um credit was hook which is a great film um he was the makeup artist here he was doing a lot of things he did uh what's another good name one rain man it's a great one mm-hmm. um and he just worked a bunch you know and he was it says he was born in 1930 and it doesn't have an age like a death so i'm like is this guy still kicking around at like 93 could be so, possibly could be still hanging. but yeah edwin worked on all of the mel brooks movies it looks like so it was probably just like his guy that he called up, you know, part of the, the rolling crew. So Edwin, we see you and we appreciate you. Yeah. Okay. You know what time it is. It's time to decide if this film has aged like milk or not. Do you want me to go first? Cause you always Yeah, shoot. Okay. This movie <laughs> aged like uh, an abnormal brain milk, like the juices that come out of an abnormal brain because it wasn't bad. There wasn't anything like too, too offensive, but there was certainly some off-brand humor that I think like, even though the physical comedy plays today, there were a lot of like random jokes that were kind of maybe more relevant to the time that I was like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Like, you know, they were clearly doing a bit with like the tap dancing and I thought it was funny for what it was, but I think people were laughing in the past because it was actually like a real thing that was like known. I think there was a lot of like, sort of like winks to camera that related to like things of the time. And just, yeah, I feel like the flow of this movie is very different than, like, movies we see today. So it was kind of like abnormal brain milk, but not in a bad yeah. way. I mean, look at the monster. He ended up living the, the good life in New York. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, what about it's you? It's a happy happy ending. Um, I think this movie held up. I was laughing watching this today, um, especially that the the scene where they're dancing on stage when he presents it to the town. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just this, it it just gets me every time with Mel Brooks. I do whatever it is. It's like the setups and the, you know, the punches and all the one-off jokes. Like I just geek out and love this guy. Appreciate him so much. And yeah, I think this movie held up. 
Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, we'll have to do more. I mean, he's such a great filmmaker and his movies are always interesting and like kind of tackle topics and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he definitely was never that guy that would have done like a film for a paycheck. I feel like every movie no. was either something so funny or something so like you could tell he was like working through some questions yeah. You know, like the history of the world is definitely kind of poking fun at religion and civilization and yeah. Um, so we love that about him. We should do yes, more of his films because they're definitely unique. Um, but that's all for now, David. Thank you for suggesting mm-hmm. this for spooky times. Um, you should just go ahead and check your fridge. Make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Gross milk is spoiled. That's our show. See you next time. Yeah. Happy Halloween.